when I retire, I just want to not make any more decisions. Yeah, like my uh, assistant will come in and she'll ask me what I want for lunch, and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I just don't even. I don't want to make Set that it on decision. My desk. <laughs> One last decision. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. Today we're sitting down with Rockbridge CEO and co-founder Jim Merkel. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, T. Thanks for having us today. Thanks for coming to Columbus. I love it. Yeah, where are we? Beautiful place. Yeah. Where are we? We are a little west of downtown uh, in Columbus, Ohio, in a new development called the Peninsula. And uh, it's been a, uh, a passion project for some leaders in, in town where we, uh, we're going to develop undeveloped 26 acres along the riverfront in Columbus. And this is the first phase with a uh, 198-room hotel and office and residential. Yeah, you guys have... Uh gone a different direction. I mean, you guys are becoming real heavy developers. You know, we're going to get into that. Um, one, the best way to get Jimmy to I'm sit down. I'm not very smart. I know. Basically yeah, yeah. What, I disagree. Going, going into the, development. The best way to get Jimmy to sit down with you is to come to him, to show up to his headquarters in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> make it easy on you. Thank you. Um, all right, so remind me. When, I mean, we sort of started out in this business together, right? Yeah. When did you start Rockbridge? Yeah, so I came out of college, got dumbass lucky, and went to work for a, a two uh, gentlemen that had started a hotel chain in the 80s. And uh, that was 90, I interned with them in 95 and joined them in 96. What in was Rockford's, that hotel chain? That was Pickett Suite Pick Hotels. Pickett Suite, yeah, yeah. That was the, uh, Don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Not memorable. But, little known fact is, five of the six uh, assets of Felcor were Pickett Suite Hotels when they launched uh, way back when. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. All right. Um, Tom Corcoran. So, uh, all right, so we started that. So they, those, you joined these guys. You had mentors. Everybody's got to have yeah, mentors. that's right. So you joined these guys. Yep, I did. And uh, that was 96. And then I uh, got lucky because the, the bank that owned our fund, um, they sold to First Chicago, which became J.P. Morgan Chase. And uh, we had the opportunity to spin our business out. And that's what we did in 99 and started Rockbridge. In 1999. 1999. Yeah, so and I remember Rockbridge, my recollection was a debt shop when you yeah. showed up, right, doing debt. And then moved to equity, because Jimmy loved equity. And, yeah. then, and then moved to, uh, I don't know, doing the funds, continuing, and then moved to development. Is that yeah. about right? Yeah, the history, the history of that is that uh, Ron Callentine, Jim Pickett, who I went to work for, they started a hotel chain. They were real estate developers. And they started a hotel chain, a brand management development company. Um, and if they were sitting here, they'd tell you they made every mistake in the book. Yeah. And uh, I got lucky uh, to join them. And I didn't have to make those mistakes. I got to, which were the fundamental ones, and, and got to make my own mistakes, but not those uh, big catastrophic ones. And one of, the, one of those is being well capitalized. Yeah. That, um, you know, it's... You know, hospitality is a growth business. At the end of the day, if you're well capitalized and you can weather through a downturn, a downturn or um, a recession, which they come, things happen unexpectedly. You have to be able to weather through it. But ultimately, if you invest in the right assets, they create value over time. And so um, that's but, been that's been how we've. You but know, you've got to have that staying power. Got to have the staying power, and so that's what we we did is. 
when they uh, started this group after uh, doing their hotel company, it w became a hotel fund, hotel investment fund with Bank One. And um, they were well capitalized. And so we were capitalizing other people's projects at the time um, in the early 90s, taking a Holiday Inn and converting it to a Marriott um, and those sorts of things as, as hotels always need capital, very capital intensive. And, um, and so we continued to focus on building a really deep capital base. So are you guys well capitalized today? We are well capitalized. We're, we're, we are in the best position that we've ever been in our company's history. Why? Because we have the best team, most importantly. Um, we have a lot of experience uh, and we have the deepest and most depth of uh, investor base than we ever have. And I guess that's uh, the joys of 20 years in business. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. Uh, Track know, record. Exactly. What's, Track record. What fund are we on now? Um, we are uh, finalizing uh, Fund 8 and eight. launching Fund 9 uh, this month. Of course, because that's yeah. the business, right? That's the business. And I'm guessing 9 will be easier to raise than Fund 1 was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, truthfully, Fund 1, we raised $92 million okay. in Fund 1. And, uh, and we had, when we started, about $55 million. And... Um, that one wasn't the hard one. The, the hard one was after the global financial crisis. Oh, sure. That was Fund 5. And that, uh, that, was, that was the hard one as the market had matured and, and, um, and we were growing. And uh, I think that was hard for everybody. But we got through that. And, and that effort is impacting us today because we really prepared to be a much better investment firm uh, and deeper and put a lot more resources behind the behind the company give me you know I, I should ask what how what's your outlook today and how is that going to affect your investing the fundraising yeah. like give me some perspectives you know look we're uh, fundamentally um, we are deep believers in the hospitality industry in fact I think there's a golden age of hospitality that's happening right now um, where hospitality is really at the center of all real estate. If you see apartments, the apartment projects are trying to have more programming, more hospitality. Office is going through a whole uh, regentrification yep. of um, you know of their uh, of their infrastructure, and hospitality is at the center of what works in in office, um, and so. Um, we're just big believers that um, in the hospitality industry and people's need to connect and be together. Um, and so we're, we're fundamentally bullish. There's always things in, uh, in the market that uh, are challenging, um, that are out there, and there's plenty of opportunities to make mistakes. Um, and so uh, we try to learn from those and uh, continue to get better over time. So let me, pick, let me hit on that. So yeah. you think... With, if there's a new project, development, mixed use, big or small, that there has to be a hotel component to that for that entire project to work? Uh, I think it's, I don't think have to is, is how I would answer that. I'm just saying that the idea of hospitality is critical to the success of these projects. So where they're located um, and the amenitization that they yep. have in and around it. Hotels help, help with that. In fact, this, this project right here the office developer next door, we were 
was supposed to break ground in October of 2020. We ended up doing it in April of 21. Um, but in that period, as we were trying to pull the pieces together and uh, COVID was happening, um, they were extremely helpful. They ended up becoming investors in the, in the hotel and um, you know, helped us with our bid to lower the cost. And, um, and the reason was, is that they wanted the hotel. Yeah. The hotel was really important to their leasing um, and everybody that's leased over there cannot wait for us to open. So it's just a, a micro example of, I think what's happening in a, in a broader scale is um, you gotta have those amenities, those amenities and often hotels bring those. Yeah, you need the retail. If you just had a development with office and multifamily, it'd be pretty boring pretty quick. No, exactly. This, uh, in town, if you have a suburban office with nothing around it and it's, you know, four or five stories, like, yeah, that's hard to lease. Yeah. It's really hard to lease. But if you're a new building in the right location with the right amenitization, the, le the, the properties are leasing up. The offices are leasing up. So let's talk about your vision of the future of hospitality. Yeah. Right. You're obviously bullish on it. You just said it. That's yeah. great. How do you give me the subtleties of the future? What yeah. What does the customer want? Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what makes our business so much fun is that um, it's our business. We're not building rockets. Right. I can talk to anybody about what we do and I'm curious about what they're interested in the consumer. Is, we're in a consumer business at the end of the day. And what do people want? And that's what we are trying to design our firm to deliver. And, um, and so getting into the psychology of how people want to travel, what they're willing to pay for. And, um, and so uh, I think a little bit is that people are valuing uh, just a little, the, the nice touches, the, the uniqueness, they're valuing feeling connected to community. Like when they come to Columbus, they wanna know what's, Columbus is about. They want to feel like a local. Um, and, and so when you have a property like this, that's uh, Columbus's first independent lifestyle hotel, um, you know, that uh, are what they're going to get is they're going to get a higher level of service and uh, connection into the community. And, um, you know, I think that's what people want on some level. And um, the other thing that, that you know, to add to that is uh, leisure. Leisure's been like through COVID, leisure travel has, has saved, you know, the business and people are traveling. I think that's, um, I think what COVID did was it accelerated certain trends. It didn't make them up, it, yep. it, it accelerated trends. People are wanting to travel. And um, this concept of being more mobile is only great for our industry and uh, people can leave instead of on Friday night on the five o'clock flight after work to go to their family or friend's wedding, they can leave on Wednesday and they can, everybody can show up and they can work during the day and they can spend time with their family and friends on Thursday and Friday. And that's what we're seeing, seeing happen. So in markets like Columbus, which is a traditionally a branded market um, with, which was a, you know, 100% uh, occupied Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and then struggled more on the weekends. We're seeing the weekends be stronger, um, but also that what we're trying to do is bring a little bit of the leisure amenities to our hotels in traditionally 
corporate markets that there's a lot of leisure that comes to Columbus and we're gonna get uh, significantly more than our fair share because we have the product. One of the things I like to say is that you can't sell what you don't have. You can't sell a leisure experience if you don't have a leisure product, right? So, Interesting. Um, Columbus anyway. is a leisure market. Didn't, didn't see that coming. Well, it, every market is. Every market. Every market is. Like people coming to either a wedding or the festivals here or the Arnold Classic that comes to Columbus, which is the world's largest fitness event, um, or, you know, the NCAA tournaments being held here in 2028, um, the finals. They had rounds one and two here this year. People are coming in for events like that, concerts, you know, and whatnot. That's, that exists, you know, in, in every market to different degrees. Um, but we're, all, we're 198 rooms. We're not 5,000 yeah, rooms, yep. you know. And that, is that the right size? You can fill up 198 rooms? Yeah, being independent. Yeah, we we think so. Um, you know, and, and, and what's happened is that um, we have the ability today to go direct to the consumer in a way that when I got into this business, when we both got into this business, yeah. you couldn't do. Right. It was higher risk. And so it was true 20 years ago that going independent was higher risk because it was harder to find the customers. Um, and so, and build that confidence because the customer had, t was taking higher risk to go to an independent hotel. Sure. Right? They didn't have pictures. They yep. didn't have TripAdvisor and peer reviews. Um, they didn't have, you know, great photography. Um, so, so anyway, that, um, that, has, that dynamic has changed and I think it's made our industry better. I'll buy that. And, you know, let's dive into this, sort of the, the boutique independent versus branded, unbranded. I mean, from a development standpoint, let's start there. So it was easy to do a cookie cutter hotel, yeah. right? You had a prototype, it was very easy, you did it. These are very custom yeah. boxes that you're doing and you're leaning into them. Yeah. Now, do you sometimes wish you had guardrails to keep you in uh, or do you like the creativity? I mean, you got a lot of decisions to make. Granted, you're yeah. learning. I mean, yeah. this is your, what, 12th independent? Yeah, this is our 12th, you know, probably, probably 15th deep, deep yeah. custom, either uh, independent or soft brand. You hear the kids out there? I do. What, is, what, what are they doing? I do. They are going to the world's number one science museum across the street from our hotel. And we were talking about leisure earlier. Like, people come from all over the region to go to this science museum. In fact, all over the world, people come in here. Dr. Bertley uh, is world-renowned leader uh, in the field and um, has br brought a lot of attention to Columbus. Started, in fact, started a science fair when he came. He came from Philadelphia, started a science fair. Uh, 30,000 people come to the science oh. fair every year. Oh, that's not a small amount. It's not a small amount. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of hidden, a, a lot of hidden gems in Columbus, which is not just Ohio State. Not just Ohio State. Yeah, we haven't even talked about we Ohio State there, and yeah. everything from a healthcare standpoint, the insurance industry. But certainly, Ohio State's a big, big influence. But there are a lot of hidden gems in Columbus, and um, you know we're uh, we're excited about the the direction of Columbus in a in a major way. Um, we went. Uh, 
you know, we started our business. We really did no business. We were located here because Bank One was our initial investor. Oh, yeah. That's how we ended up here. Um, and, and so, but we did business in 45 everywhere. states everywhere. Yeah. Very little here. Um, so we're a unique developer in the sense that we've, we didn't grow out of our hometown and go other places. We actually grew everywhere else and are bringing what we've learned from around the country and in different markets and bringing it to Columbus. And we're doing that not because there's, you know, it's, it's nice that it's in our hometown, um, but at the same time we're doing that because we saw the opportunity um, and what was happening here in Columbus. Remind me what name of the other markets you're in? I mean, I'm certainly Independence, but even all of them. I mean, you're in yeah, I mean, Charleston, we're, Savannah, we're, we're Nashville, yeah, we're Denver. Just did a deal in Portland, Oregon. We we had done deals in Portland, Maine, uh, Florida. I mean, we are uh, in every state. We uh, in our history, uh, when you include uh, the bank one days, we've been in 45 states. Oh wow! And invested in 445 oh, hotels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. And, and um, I don't know the stat on this. I'd like to. Um, but in terms of, in most of our deals, those are one or two deals at a time. You know, those are one by one. They're not big portfolio deals. We are one of the, uh, the most experienced uh, group, uh, groups out there just from the number of deals that we've done uh, historically one by one. And that's a little bit of our uh, competitive advantage is just knowing, um, you know, knowing the markets and having been in there. And we've done 445 deals, but we've deeply underwritten thousands more, right? And um, and that shrinks the world, and and it enables us to move quickly when, you know, an opportunity pops up in an asset that maybe we've even invested in before. In fact, in Fund Eight, we four of the deals we had invested in before. Small world. From 2000, early 2000s. Yeah, and that's going to help you in fundraising, if not simply investing, if not knowing the mistakes you've made in the past. Yeah. Uh, let's not do that. Let's do this. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. If you're not learning from your mistakes, you know, what I, are you I can't doing? wait to walk this property to see all the nuances of what you've yeah. done. So you. in the last one, we, I don't know, that wall was too close, so we moved it out. And we put the charging ports here and we've here's what we did in the restaurants and the bars and the uh, lobby yeah here's how we've rearranged things yeah because you were learning yeah we're we le did it in that last one it didn't work as well we're going to do this one we'll yeah we're we're yet to and every you know developer i've talked to and friends in the industry never 100 percent satisfied when yep. you're done you know that that you're building a physical asset over time it's uh and there's lots of details um but you try and get it better and better um, and you try and design it to the mission you're on if you're trying if you're trying to be the uh, highest rated hotel and luxury hotel in the market you got to have a level of details if you're trying to meet uh, you know uh, more of a select service price point you got to be you know disciplined in how you spend your money yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna transition to management but I, I think that's the point like if you're if you're the you got to match your management style to the hotel, yeah. right? And um, the traditional branded hotels, its efficiencies and, and not overspending and managing that to the bottom line. These seem to be a totally different animal. 
these, I mean, you have seven F&B outlets, if not more, you have 30 spaces you can rent out on a daily basis, yeah. um, chop it up. Yeah. And so I got them, and, and we have heard a lot recently about the complications, that it is significantly more complicated to operate these hotels. They're cool, they got roof outlets. No question. Um, how have you guys handled that? Yeah, no question. I mean, that, that was and is a deep commitment that we have as I was, uh, you know, I'm an observer. If I'm anything, I, you know, I'm an observer. I pay attention. I watch what other people are doing. I, uh, I've had the fortune of working with, you know, great companies, um, independent, you know, uh, branded operators and, uh, and branded operators. We've owned uh, branded operators and we've owned uh, independent operators. Um, so, uh, and, and what, I, what I've seen is that um, it, it is uh, in, in these hotels that, lifestyle hotels, you have to be deeply invested in the restaurant and food and beverage business. And um, when I was starting Make Ready uh, and starting that, and again, a commitment to do it, doing it well and being committed to the vision that we had for our properties, we knew in the independent space that we had to have an option. We'll do business with other people. We just did a deal with Aperium in, in Portland, but we knew for us to deploy capital in, in the deals that we were doing, we needed to have a deep commitment um, to uh, food and beverage and restaurant touring. And, um, and everybody I, I talked to was like, ah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to get that business out. Well, that's true. It's a, not a great business. I mean, restaurant business is low barrier to entry, um, and, there, and there's lots of competition. It's uh, low margin. It's, it's a hard business. But you can't have a great independent lifestyle hotel without great restaurant and service and, and food and beverage. And so if you're going to be in it and you're committed to it, you got to really try and make that great too. And that's what, that, what we did. And, um, and we want to work with people in that space that have that passion to make it great because they know how important it is. It's important because that's what we do. We eat three times a day and we, we are convivial and connect over, over meals. And people want to be in great spaces and go to the best restaurants to, to do that in. Yeah. Um, and so, that's, uh, that's how, how we viewed it, is just, if you're gonna be in it, you, you've gotta, you gotta have the resources and the commitment, and, and when you make a mistake, you get better. Yeah, I've heard you talk about it before, and it seemed more necessity and control. We're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right, rather than a great business model. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's interesting that um, it's not totally about control in the control sense that um, it's a little deeper that it's that it's providing that experience to the guest and that commitment right. to the guest and having control of certain aspects of it. But we also like bringing other independent restaurant tours into our environment and uh, and have our own restaurants, but also other restaurant tours. We don't view that as competitive because they could go across the street. They could go. It, it's are we creating an environment where people want to be? And if we're creating an environment where people want to be, 
then they're gonna come more. And, and when we partner with the restaurateur, we can have a group come in for two days. They don't wanna eat in the same restaurant. You know, they don't wanna travel far and get on buses uh, if they don't have to, to have a great meal. And so if we can move them around in, in our destination to an independent restaurant that's you know, successful where that restaurateur is focused 100% on that brand and what they're doing, um, and creates a great experience, then that's good for our guest, and it's good for our hotel. You think this is the future, these types of projects? I don't think that it's the future so much as I think they're underserved yeah. and there's opportunity. I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a, like the consumer is, pays for value and not everybody values this but a lot do and a growing segment and, and there's a lot of data generationally that you know there's these generations behind us really care about the experience and they view themselves as a luxury or lifestyle traveler and it's not uh, a traditional um, metric of income to travel they're spending more money on experiences and travel than they are on things um, and so that's why I said it was, I think it's a golden age of hospitality is that uh, people are really valuing hospitality and you, you've seen how our industry has performed through COVID. It's been pretty yeah. damn resilient. Yeah. Um, and the, bank, the banks are uh, not, uh, you know, we're not getting uh, X'd out in hospitality where historically through downturns, hospitality was a four letter word now office and retail are you know we're we're one of the you know the bright spots in in real estate yeah i i would agree with that well said are you worried about recession how is, would a recession impact us are you, or do you think we've already had our recession yeah and so we're going to do just fine thank you. you you know i'm uh i i've always tried to focus on the things that we can control the um and, and then make uh you know make moves that improve our business and our customer experience you know the recession um i don't think you can move do what the fed's done um there's a lot of reasons why we're having the inflation that we're we're having um we've got to get our our spending and and uh debt under control uh we have to remain uh, the reserve currency in the world that uh, people have to continue to view the riskless rate being a U.S. Treasury bond. That's the riskless rate. And everything's benchmarked off of a riskless rate. And so um, we were, and the Fed's obviously signaled with the fastest rise in interest rates in my lifetime, um, we got to slow this economy down. Right, that's what they're doing, yes. and you're seeing, uh, you're seeing the wheels shake like in uh, vacation <laughs> after uh, in the desert. Clark. You know, Clark. Yeah, the wheels are wobbling, and um, it, it has to. Right, the cost of capital um, has gone. Things have to slow down. So, well, I, the Fed's I'm, fundamentally telling us all to stop working. Right? Yeah, quit. Stop, Jimmy. Cut it out. Yeah, stop. Stop. 
we don't listen because it's not what we do. We keep our head down and we just keep doing. Well, market for it. The market is designed um, to penalize the people that take um, too much risk and aren't prepared for it, right? And that's how the market market works. So, um, you know, we everybody likes to think that they're the ones that are going to weather the storm and be prepared for it. We've been through three of, of these as a firm and, um, you know, we've done, you know, really well um, through, uh, through each of them. And a lot of that's cash management and, you know, planning. But, um, you know, they're slowing down, you know, they're slowing down the economy. And um, for us, because we also invest in, in debt and provide um, debt to groups where um, we have a lot of opportunity on that side where there's, there are great hotels that need bridge capital. Uh, the banks are, uh, for the most part, um, only funding their best clients. They, uh, the banks are, uh, are really slowed down their lending to a trickle and, um, and there's a lot of capital needs out there and a lot of loans maturing. And one of my examples that I, I tell people, I tell our investors this, that COVID was like, you know, if, if you think about a prize fight, you have the prize fight, first couple rounds, um, and then in the fourth round, you get, you know, they get a left hook to the nose and they get shaken up and they go down maybe on one knee, but it's just like a little, a little, you know, sting and, and they stand back up, but they're, they're, they're a little broken. That's what COVID was to our industry is that, you know, it, 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 it punched people in the nose, it slowed them down, but they were able to uh, get along because the accommodations that the government you know, the banks, the brands accommodated, you know, their uh, capital needs, but the capital wasn't going into the property. It's going yeah. to pay debt service. Yep. It's going deferred. It, they have deferred interest that they got to pay back. They've got, uh, you know, capital that's got to go in the buildings. And then now their cost of capital is two and a half times more than it was. So it's really, you got to be really prepared to yes. be able to manage through that. And I, and I think that um, there's a lot of opportunity from an investment standpoint, certainly on the, on the, on the debt side or deals that just need to be recapitalized. How, how much of that pain do you think is coming? Distressed. I think it's here. I think it's here. I think the market is much more sophisticated in how they manage distress than in the past. And, and so, um, but it's, it's here. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we're, you know, we're, fighting through, you know, situation. We got portfolio of 62 uh, equity investments. And, um, you know, the, the issue is always how you're performing when you need to refinance. And if you're not performing well then in, a, in an environment where there aren't a lot of lenders um, and you don't have a lot of relationships, you're, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Are you seeing that on your debt side? One, do you have any debt stuff that's in trouble? Two, do you, how many people are calling you saying, hey, we need some help? Um, lots of people out there calling, lots of need for capital. Um, you know, I don't think we're immune yep. to that either, but I think we're, uh, we've been through it a number of times and so we're really well prepared with a, a deep balance sheet. At the end of the day, you make good decisions 
when you're well capitalized. Yes. And uh, when you're not well capitalized, it's hard to make great decisions. And, and so um, a lot of these single, uh, these assets that are owned in, in partnership, a one-off yep. asset, yep. they've already called a lot of capital. Yes. The equity is a little bruised. They're, yes. you know, they're, not, they're not wanting to go longer and deeper um, and bet on, it's not, they're yeah. just an, might just be an investor and they're not really knowledgeable in, in where the market's going. So, um, and it hasn't been a good experience. So they've either got to sell or get bought out or, or, or refinance, um, refinance them out. So it's, uh, there's a lot of need for capital in our, in, in our industry. And that's what our, what our funds do in, in part. All right, so what, what's next? What's yeah. next for Rockbridge? What's our next big project? Yeah, so um, so Rockbridge, we've been focusing on uh, you know really improving uh, our existing assets like uh, commercial strategy. We started a company called Rockbridge Hospitality Management that uh, Tom Healy is uh, running, yep. and that's uh, really an effort to get stronger with the human capital and the operations down at our management companies and make sure so that's not a management company that's an asset that is an asset management company really le leading the operational strategy okay. for our owned assets okay. and um, uh, that's that's been a big deal um, and been really helpful um, but that gives us the you know the confidence to go into bigger more complicated uh, assets um, and uh, gives me a little headroom to think forward uh, about what's next. Uh, we're, um, <clears throat> we're active in the market, as I mentioned. We're um, about to launch Fund 9 uh, here, and, um, and we're gonna, it's more of the same. And that'll be a $450 million fund, and uh, it's more of the same. We, we want to keep doing uh, good projects that where we can create value. We essentially are our business, and I tell our investors this, that um, we, you give us a dollar, we'll give you two back. If we do it fast, you get a great IRR. If it happens to go through COVID, we're going to get you two back, but it's going to take us a little longer. Yeah, so the new projects that uh, we're working on, we're doing a redevelopment of a great historic property in downtown Phoenix. Okay. Um, we're doing a project in the uh, Post Oak area of uh, Houston. Um, you know, renovating uh, a project there. Um, we have a, um, you know, a, a project here in town that uh, is a, a, a special project. Yeah, gigantic project. It's a, it's a big project. It's a vertical neighborhood. It's 32 stories, uh, mixed use, luxury residential and luxury hotel and social club. And um, that is... Uh, you know, the, the thing about Columbus is it, um, it doesn't have a luxury hotel. This is a lifestyle, independent lifestyle hotel that, and um, we think there's room for, there's not one, we think there's room for one. And, um, and we are uh, doing this project at the North Market, uh, which is in the bullseye center of our city and uh, around all the assets, the arena, the convention center, the restaurants and, um, uh, and so uh, that project is uh, an exciting project. We got a lot of state, county, and city support. Um, it's a public-private project that uh, I think will uh, advance the city. And what I, what I share with 
um, the city officials is that whether you like it or not, hospitality has to be at the center of how you sell the city because it's where people stay when they come to visit. And if they have a great stay, they're gonna think differently about your city. If they have a great experience, they have a great stay. And so um, I think, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have great public officials here that, you know, understood that and are, are, are with us to, you know, transform, you know, the landscape and, and, and what's here and what the experience is like for guests that come to town. Is that gonna be the future of Rockbridge? Now 32 story buildings? I hope mixed not. Used. No, I hope not. We'll That's, count as a one-off passion by far, project it for is by, Yeah, it is by far the hardest thing that I've, that I've ever, ever pursued and done. But, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, the things that are most rewarding are, you know, the hardest things that you have to do. And, you know, what we do in this, in this business, uh, it's hard. It's not easy and to develop an investment firm that's been successful through multiple cycles and, um, you know, where we hold assets, it's easy to do deals. It's hard to do deals over time that are consistently successful. And, um, and so we're just trying to control the things that we control and, and, um, and it, it's worked and it's, and we try not to forget, you know, the simple things and what works and keep doing it. So listen, thank you for doing this. Sit yeah. down, I think it's great. Uh, I think everybody learns stuff from every time we have a talk, I learn stuff. But I'm so impressed. Again, I remember we started out together, yeah. 90s, and now to look at you doing every, all the different verticals that you have, all integrated, all the capital, all the new leading in, trends that, you're, that you guys are really creating. I mean, you guys are heavy in the lifestyle. Not to mention debt and equity, but the development. Now you're doing a 32-story building. Yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed. I appreciate that. I wish I had time to interview you and all your success. We'll, we'll do that what next you, time. Yeah, what, we'll do that what next you time. guys are, what you guys are up to. You guys have obviously uh, been a great friend and and partner. And um, what I value the most is our is our friendship. And uh, and I appreciate you know that most of all. So. Thanks for coming out. It's a people business. Great, yeah. great industry. No doubt. I love it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Should we go walk let's a hotel? Go, let's go walk it. Let's do this. Mm -hmm.